What up, what up, what up, San Antonio, Austin, Del Rio, people up in Tyler, people up in the Shaw City, people down the whole 305 South Florida region. You are tuned in here to the Wednesday edition of the, no, excuse me, the Tuesday, I'm speeding, the Tuesday edition of the Sports Grind. Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark producing, Mr. Sands, spin the one and twos. Today's show is being presented by HazelSkyOnline.com. Make sure you continue to check out their website for all the latest products. They have new products coming in every week. You can shop from the comfort of your own home. And this first segment of the day is going to be sponsored by Way to Grow. Way to Grow is a full-service landscaping company that can handle all your residential or commercial needs. That is Way to Grow, official sponsor of the sports crime. 1-800-707-9760. If you know what you want to talk about, like always, it's open phone lines. Feel free to give us a call. Anything that uh, was discussed on yesterday's show, if you didn't have an opportunity to call, you can parlay that over to today. And anything that we're discussing on the doc today that you want to weigh in and give your opinion on, feel free to do that as well. We just ask you to be patient during the breaks and during the segments, and we'll get to the phone calls accordingly. Also, don't forget, uh, if you need to reach out to me via Twitter, it's at SportsGrind or follow me. Um, and also, don't forget, if you need to, uh, if you want to participate in the show, you can stream the show live. You can log on to the Sports Grind Entertainment Facebook page, or you can go to my personal page, and you can go ahead and stream the show live. You can leave comments uh, as well, too, and we'll get to those and read those if they're appropriate and they're on topic. Also, don't forget, if you miss any of the daily episodes, you can always go to sportsgrindonline.com, where you can download the daily podcast as well. One eight hundred seven zero seven nine seven sixty. What's up, Mr. Clark? You, you getting there? You ready? Yes, sir. Ready, rock and roll. All right, Mr. Sam's. What's up, fellas? How we doing? Doing all right, man. It is Tuesday. Uh, so for those that didn't get a chance to tune in on Friday or tune in yesterday, uh, we we will be off um, tomorrow and yeah, tomorrow and Thursday. And we'll be back Friday. So we'll be off tomorrow handling some business, got some personal stuff, take care of business stuff, meetings and stuff like that. So, you know, we're getting into the summertime where, you know, we're going to have to bear with us maybe with scheduling. Could be some other days off, but just stay stay with us. Um, but um, we'll let you know as things develop, but we'll be back on Friday. So for today, we'll try to touch on some things that will be taking place over the next days while we're off. Um, for one, with the NBA play-in game starting tonight and tomorrow. I'm not calling this playoffs. This is the NBA play-in games uh, that play in tonight and tomorrow. And it gets popping with, uh, you know, tonight you've got Brooklyn and the Cavs. We'll talk a little bit about that. Don't know what kind of chance you're going to give Cleveland. That game's going to be, you know, that game's in Cleveland, right? Yeah, because yeah, Brooklyn secured the eight seed. Right, so they're going on the road. They're still a nine and a half point favorite on the road. Now Cleveland's been a team that surprised a lot of people this year. I think they, um, you know, they deserve a lot of credit for going through the LeBron era, post the LeBron era. That you lose Kyrie, uh, they bounce back pretty good quickly. Okay, they're a middle of the pack uh, playoff team in the Eastern Conference. So uh, definitely, Brooklyn can't take them lightly. Uh, you know, there's a storyline with Kyrie going back to Quicken Loans Arena. 
Um, and, you know, so there's some storylines there. You know, there's some uh, reports surfacing that, you know, Ben Simmons is uh, could see a sighting of him, especially sometime now, even maybe tonight or when they get they qualify, get in the playoffs. To me, I don't really understand. I mean, you're not going to get anything from Ben, probably some defensive stops. Um, the guy hasn't played basketball since uh, June of last year. Um, so to me, I don't understand how it affect. I get it, but I understand. I don't see how effective he can be. But you know, we'll see if he makes his appearance. And then you know, KD and KD and KD's KD and Kyrie. Don't forget. I mean, they've got some guys on Cleveland that used to be with Brooklyn in that team as well, too. So that's going to be Karis an interesting Levert, thing. Jarrett Allen, yeah, yeah, that's going to be an interesting uh, scenario play out there. Also, uh, again, the nightcap is going to give you the Clippers uh, in Minnesota. Which, uh, again, I'll say Tyron Lue, uh, deserves a lot of credit for a hell of a job he's done this season, uh, to, for the most part to be without his two superstars, a top three player in the NBA all season, and to make it to this point is very remarkable. Um, I will give Paul George, even though I wasn't down for him really coming back, but I'll give Paul George credit. I mean, he makes a lot of money. It's guaranteed. There was really no pressure for him to come back, but to want to get out there with the teammates out here. Very winnable game uh, for the Clippers. But I will say the same thing for the T-Wolves on their side of things. Um, the Timberwolves, they need this game, I believe, the same way that I feel that our San Antonio Spurs need to win tomorrow for the state of the where the both organizations are. You know, Big Cat over there, you know, um, hell of a player, but, you know, He's been there. I mean, the only thing we've proven, the only thing in, uh, Carl Anthony Towns has proven, which has been, he's been through a lot in the last few years. I mean, lost a, a good chunk of his family, including his mother, through the whole pandemic situation. So definitely it's been a tough time on him. But inside the lines on the basketball court, you know, he, there, I mean, what have they really accomplished with him there? And, and, you know, then it's time to take the next step. I mean, I know they've got a, you know, a coach that's just been here a couple of years. It's like his second year here, you know, I believe. Uh, but I really feel like, you know, Clippers, you know, with no Kawhi and no Paul George, most teams, most people thought that they were going to end up being almost a lottery team or not even making the playoffs in this playing game situation anyway. There's still some other talent on that team, but to me, if they lose tonight, it's like, okay, well, let's just wait till they get healthy till next year. But I think Minnesota needs to show some progress being a young team, being a guy in Anthony Towns. We know he can shoot threes. I mean, he won the three-point contest. He's won the, you know, he's won the big, you know, KD called him the best big man shooting bigs that he's seen in Watson's dirt. I mean, that's what that's coming out of KD, one of his peers. But I get all that. But you got to go find a way to win a play, a play-in game to try to get to the playoff game to go ahead and show some growth. So you got him tipping off tonight again tomorrow. Uh, is another round of this, uh, which is basically your San Antonio Spurs. Um, taking on the, you know, Pelicans in the 504. A very winnable game for the Spurs. You know, um, I like what I hear Keldon Johnson saying, like, hey, man, you know, it's time for us to try to go out and prove something, that we can get something done. I, I That's that's all I'm going to say. I'm like, hey, good job, Kelly. You've been listening to the show. So, yeah, so it's time for them to go ahead, and this young group, they need this one. You know, um, no one really had them in this situation, but now that you're here, you, about to, you might as well make hay with it and try to win two road games uh, to get that AC. You know, if you come this far, there's no need to worry about picks now or worrying about percentage in the lottery ping pong ball. They're here now. You might as well try to go ahead and break this playoff drought and jump into the AC. They got to get two to do it, though, you know. Um, 
Also, so you got that going on. We'll see how that goes. What you got? Just uh, your other one tomorrow, your other play-in is going to be the Hornets and the Hawks. Yeah. At Atlanta, and that's a season uh, series where they've split two and two over the course of the year. Yeah, that one's to me, it's like, yeah. You know, Hawks has been a disappointment, in my opinion, from where they went. They went backwards compared to where they were, you know, defeating the Knicks in the Garden last year in the playoffs. They've really struggled this year. I haven't put my finger on it. Um, you know, but that is one. And again, with Charlotte, I mean, I think, you know, tip the hat to, you know, MJ. I mean, he's had a tough, it hasn't been an easy road from him being an owner. You know, it's kind of, you know, not a really destination where you can really get a lot of free agents to go there. It's not, you know, it's not about, oh, well, I get to be around Mike every day. That hasn't been him. So he's had to grind a way to get this team. Uh, shout out to Mellow Ball. I mean, he's been a big part of turning this thing around. They've got some other young pieces as well. But, you know, it, it's and and again, some of the rumors have them linked to Westbrook, and I would tell I would tell Charlotte stay the hell away. I mean, with the young team or where they're at, they do not need it. And I know Westbrook is Team Jordan. I mean, he's on he's on Jordan's brand, but nah, I ain't going for that. Uh, so again, yeah, that's tomorrow uh, with that one. Either way, those teams. I mean, it would be nice for Charlotte to go Atlanta. I think Atlanta's taking a step back, even being in this play-in situation. So we'll see how that plays out. You don't think Atlanta was speeding last year and just kind of found themselves in the middle of a fluke? Had had I mean the the Knicks too were a bit of a fluke of a team as, they, as they've shown this year. So you don't think they just kind of ended up in a, a fortunate situation and now their true colors are showing out? Call it what you want to. You still went backwards. I mean whether you I mean you can whether you whether you caught light in the bottle or you did whatever you can't go backwards. Atlanta's went backwards. They shouldn't be. They shouldn't go from. Being a team breaking, having a breakout season last year with a veteran coach and Nate McMillan and going in that situation and Trey, you know, Trey Young doing all that. And then all of a sudden you're playing in a one game elimination. No, they went backwards. I mean, they'll make no mistake about it. I think they didn't arrive that early, you know, last year. I really don't think. I mean, they've been, Atlanta's had kept, even when Danny Ferry was running things there, Atlanta's kept a good core of talent guys there. So I don't think they were that ahead of schedule, but you've got that going on. Um, other NBA news, you know, we're at that time where we start looking at awards. You know, we've talked about the MVP. Now we're talking about, you know, potentially the, uh, you know, I know there's talks about the comeback or the best improved player of the year, um, is in the discussion. And, and as, um, you let me know, and as people have said after I looked at it, I mean, Ja is a, Ja Moran is a betting favorite, a favorite to win it. And I feel like the NBA writers or whoever came up with this category really made a mistake. He has no to put him in the best improved category. That to me, that means that you really didn't pay attention to Ja really last year with Memphis. Memphis is not on other before this year going into his rookie year. They wasn't on national television a lot. You they still wasn't even on there much this year. I think going forward next year in twenty twenty three, that's going to be different because he's box office. But to put him on the most improved list, that that is that's asinine. I mean, because to me, first of all, the guy's the number two overall pick. If you pay, and, and again, Murray State wasn't on a lot of TV channels either nationally. They didn't have a lot of televised, a lot of televised games. But you can't put Jai as a, a franchise player. He, he's a generational talent. And to sit him put in the category, to me, the most improved, and I usually don't dive into these whole most improved rookie, whatever. I mean, the MVP scoring title I pay attention to. But if you want to talk about the most improved player, the guy's down in Golden State and his name's Jordan Poole. Jordan Poole has Golden State in a situation where there's rumblings down there if there would even be possible that he could make Klay Thompson expendable in a trade. Because Jordan Poole, they, I mean, Steve Kerr, you know, I think he's the best coach in the game. 
as currently right now. And and I think he has a challenge every night to get Poole on the more minutes. I mean, especially since Clay. Jordan Poole is a guy that deserves run as a most improved player talent. Not a damn John Morant whose number two was two overall. Okay, and is a generational talent. They they dropped the ball on that one. The writers, whoever came up with this category, I don't know if they just was that hard pressed to find legit true candidates in this. But to put Jai in there, that that's that's that makes no sense whatsoever. Well, it is voted on by the media, but I, I think that they're just going they're going off this consensus. And uh, there's a major sports book that has uh, doesn't even have pool in the top six. Yeah, because well, uh, for options for most improved, you've got oh. John Morant uh, at minus eight thirty three, so heavy favorite. Darius Garland for Cleveland, talking about the young Cavs coming up in number two. Oh. San Antonio's own Dejounte Murray in number three. Then they recognize Miles Bridges, Desmond Bain, and Tyrese Maxey before they get to uh, before you even talk about pool because they're sleeping. And basically, they go ahead and that attracts action. I mean, that's a betting. Who can you put in the names where it's going to be the passerby name? I mean, Jordan Poole. When you think Golden State, you think Clay Thompson and Stephen Curry and Draymond Green. Uh, to me, DeJounte Murray, I mean, you could fit him in there. I think DeJounte making a leap and really making playing an all-star year. I mean, down here, even in this area code, I've admitted and we admit that this has been his breakout year. I've been waiting for him to break out since he's come out of Washington, out of Husky territory. But John Morant, it's, I don't have any really beef with those, any other of those guys in there, or they didn't put Jordan Poole in there. But John Morant in there is a joke. And that, and then whoever did that list or whoever put that out there, the writers or how they made the final list of five, six, that lets me know a lot. And a lot of these writers, okay, just like a lot of other people that's in the industry, don't watch the games. Okay. They don't pay attention to the games and they don't pay attention to the players and watch that many games. So you just go by name. Well, John's been on highlights. He's been on ESPN. That guy is not supposed to be in the conversation of the most improved player. He's where he, now again, guys like him can improve. You can add things onto your game every year, no matter how great you are, where you were picked. But to sit there and say John Morant was a big improvement from this year to last year, you didn't watch Memphis and you didn't pay attention to Memphis. So you got that going on in NBA. Um, also what else we got going? Of course, the, the NFL continues to move and chuck along. Um, you know, more the one of the stories that hasn't got enough run or a lot of run, which I'll, we'll get into in a little bit, is that all the people been paying attention. Old Brett Favre, you know, old Brett Favre, the guy that is basically the home kid out of old Mississippi, you know, down there by the by, close to the bayou, has been running amok. And, 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 you know, to me, I love Brett Favre. I've always liked him. I always say, hey, Aaron Rodgers got a long way to go. Well, not a long way to go, but he still ain't captured what Brett has accomplished, I think, in a Packer uniform besides the passing yards or whatever he might have because the game's different. Uh, but, you know, this stems from that I thought the first time around with his welfare fraud case, it wasn't really covered that much. It wasn't talked about. Now, USA Today Sports have come out because it's gotten more details because now there's some text messages that has surfaced basically between him and the governor of Mississippi to let you know exactly how much pull Favre was trying to use on the inside of his relationships to dictate where these welfare funds are going. Uh, I definitely want to talk about it because I know there's, you know, there there's a lot of other players that I can think of in regards to ex-players such as Clinton Portis, when Clinton Portis was named in a whole insurance fraud situation from a dental insurance fraud along with some other former NBA players, it was splattered everywhere. 
um, when there, there's other players that have been caught into whether they're post career, current, and certain type of money scheme, it's plastered everywhere. Brett Favre has been crickets. And if you read some of these text messages and you read in regard, because it tells you a lot. I mean, to me, I, it's been no secret about which way Brett, you know, goes with his political views and stuff like that. But really, you just let me know exactly what you think of the welfare system, with <laughs> the way you kind of handle it. I mean, are you trying to basically go ahead and dictate and shift money over to, you know, charities and stuff and stuff that you got in? And he's on record as saying, like, hey, he was trying to get an extra 20 million. He was trying to build his wealth with all that. So that's out there. You know, no one's talking about it, but that is Brett Favre. That's a Hall of Famer. That's one of the best quarterbacks ever to play. He's a Green Bay Packer legend. Um, and, you know, that's amazing that it's not covered, you know, as much as it is. Oh, but Cam Newton gives his opinion on a podcast about certain women type or what he feels that's leading everywhere. So definitely Cam's in the news. And I don't even know, to be honest with you, I started thinking about it after reading what Cam says. You know me, when it comes to um, women, men, anything like that, I'm going to tell you exactly how I feel, whether it offends somebody or not um, in this day of time. But I mean, hell, even I could sit there and say, well, damn, Cam, was that really necessary? Even if that, but part of me start thinking like, man, is Cam doing this just to get his name back out there regardless of the situation? Like we've got, we've, it's been the year of quarterbacks, backups. Where should they go? How many picks is he worth? We own, we need a backup. We need a quarterback. And no one's talked about anything about Cam Newton. He's kind of been hanging in the wings, even in the Carolina situation. So we got that going on. Baseball, got some baseball news for you. A very interesting story coming out of Washington Nationals country. You listen to the sports crime. Today's show is being presented by Hazel Sky Online. We'll be back. Ready for a real cocktail? Introducing new Zing Zang ready to drink cocktails in a can. America's number one Bloody Mary mix with vodka. Zing Zang margaritas, tequila included, and whiskey sours with real Kentucky bourbon. Ready for no one to have to bartend. Real cocktails, real ingredients, really good. New Zing Zang full strength canned cocktails. Legendary taste, legendary day. Always ready. Go to zingzang.com to find where to buy. Please Zing Zang responsibly. Whether you're looking for a date night at the Dominion or a light meal while shopping on the weekend, stop by Thai Lao Orchid at the Dominion. Just five minutes north of the shopping center, Thai Lao Orchid's Vietnamese options are great for dinner or lunch, serving up staples from curry and noodles to the house special nam and seafood lovers steamed clay pot. They're open weeknights from 5 p.m. to 8 p.m. and noon till 9 on Saturdays and noon to 8 on Sundays. That's Thai Lao Orchid at the Dominion, official sponsor of the Sports Grind. If you've been accused of a crime, you need trusted and aggressive representation. You need the LaHood Norton Law Group. Over 80 years of combined experience handling both federal and state cases. All of their lawyers are former high-level prosecutors who know the justice system from all sides. For a free consultation, 210-797-7700 or LaHoodNorton.com. Principal Office, San Antonio. The LaHood Norton Law Group. Official sponsor of the Sports Grind. All right, back here on the Sports Grind, Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark producing. Susanne spin the one and twos. 1-800-707-9760. Today's show is being presented by HazelSkyOnline.com. And this next segment is going to be sponsored by Tiger Sanitation. Looking for a job. They're always hiring. Great company to work for. Do a lot of things for the San Antonio community. 
and other surrounding areas. For more details, you can go to their website at tigersanitation.com, official sponsor of the sports car. All right. So, keeping it going um, here before we get into uh, a little bit more some in, uh, NBA doings. Let me go ahead and look at my notes and pull up here on the docket here a couple other things that I wanted to touch on. Uh, first of all, as you know, baseball is continuing to roll on. Um, and the Cleveland Guardians, still want to call them the Indians so bad. Like, watching the football team, I have no problem with that. Cleveland is just still is like the Guardians. Like, okay. But rookie Stephen Kwan is off to a hell of a start. And, again, this is early. You know, I remember when I used to tell Salami updates, he would talk to him outside. like, hey, man, you know, like, calm down. It's the first few weeks of the season. Give me in three months. But the rookie is off to a good start. He's reached base. It's a historic start, really. His first attempts at the bigs, he's reached base like 15 out of 19 attempts. The one thing I like about it yesterday is because, you know, he had a good series over the weekend. And then yesterday it was a situation where he just was having a good game. Everything was going all right. And then there was a ball hit out in outfield. And he could have called the guy off of it, but they were both infield outfielders coming in. And bam, he drops it. I mean, and they get two runs and come score. But what does he do as a rookie? I think it was like the top and doing this rally, like maybe the top of the nine, bottom of the nine, whatever. He comes back. He hits a two-run RBI to take the lead back. So pretty much as a young age, you know, he's showing that, hey, you know, I have to study a little bit more about him before I really just say, hey, man, I'm I'm on, you know, I'm on his team. You know, this is my guy. But I thought, you know, any time you can reach the base 15 out of 19 times in your first attempt, that's pretty good. Um, what do you got? Well, MLB.com has a fun fact on him, mm-hmm. breaking down his, his hot start, of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, he hasn't struck out in a game since September 26th last year in AAA Columbus. Wow. That includes Cactus mm. League play, everything. He has not struck out in a game since last September. Hmm. Okay, well, he's definitely off to a great start. Uh, his young uh, career. You got day action going on right now. You have the Red Sox, Red Sox at the Tigers. Um, they're up five to three um, as baseball continues to roll on. One interesting thing um, on the baseball note that's kind of development before we kind of get into NFL and stuff like that. Um, the Nationals. Uh, I think it's the Lemire family. Uh, Ted Lerner family. Ted yeah. Lerner. I'm sorry. Their Lerner family. Um. They have options. He's come out and now keep in mind, this isn't the old learner. This is the low learners like 93, 94. He transferred over day to day operations, everything to again, the family. I guess I don't know his younger son or whatever. A few years back, everybody knows the Nationals won a title a few just a few years ago. They have one of the youngest upcoming superstars in baseball in Juan Soto, who had a hell of a postseason run when they won the World Series. But reports are coming out that, you know what, he's looking at possibly selling the team, you know, the Washington Nationals. and But he's also, they also released a statement saying, hey, look, because people asking in the baseball world, like, how is this going to affect Juan Soto's contract? He's you know, Juan Soto's trying to get a new deal, and they're working on a new contract extension for him. But how is this going to affect when may you possibly? Because he's, he's went out and hired a firm, one of the biggest investment firms like out of New York, to try to kick the tires around and to see if you can find investors. Now, they're taking this to the approach of where, you know, he could just add on partners and members that buy in 
or he could take the other point where he just sells the team in general. But when you dig in this, and this is what I believe that this is going to become more of a trend, I think, in sports. You know, with sports being so, and this is why I'm bringing this up on the docket, because the the sport element of our society and our life, it is a major, it's very dependent in part of our lives. Even if you're a passive buyer or whatever you die hard. And what has resulted in that is how much of our exposable income that we basically spend on supporting these teams and, and how much we have contributed to making the sports world a, one of the most lucrative businesses in this country. And with that said, the reason why I think that you're going to see more of this of a trend in, in the major sports, the major ones, the baseball, not so many, maybe NFL, maybe basketball, because you cannot continue. There's two things with this is that I've always preached. Number one, again, what this sounds to me without even diving all the way in due to the fact that this was a transform, a transformation of power or, or, you know, within the family taking out day to day options. You know, I've always talked about the kids who inherit these teams, man. It's that, you know, a lot of people think just because you, if you got a bunch of money and you're a billionaire and you run a team, that it's easy. Uh, any professional team. It is day to day grind if you are a owner of a team. Now, granted, you can hire somebody and you hire people to try to do as much of the day to day activity you can, but it's a stressful point. And you, the bottom line is you've got to have a passion for it. And what you're seeing is, and I've told you this, the Steinbrenners, and the Joneses are the only really two families that I can think of, probably besides the Rooney family. That And I would throw them in there, too, that when you really look at it like, man, we could pass this thing, but the passion runs deep through the family. See, you got that factor of it when I tell you the kids inherit these teams, and they really don't have the passion or really want to go ahead and really dive all the way and run the teams day to day, a la our backyard, okay? Number two, you can we cannot continue to have Forbes magazine come out every year and list all these franchises that are three, four, two, five billion dollar net worth, and certain owner groups and certain families look at that and like, man, if I've inherited my wealth of being a businessman and making investments, whether it's real estate, whether it's other business, whether it's the auto business, whatever you want to call it. I can't sit here to where, yes, I bought this team. It was maybe my passion. Maybe I grew up as a childhood for whatever. But now I've been operating a business. If you mean to tell me that I paid maybe $500 million for this team, $400 million, $800 million, and now you're talking about franchises. And I told you this. When it was done in the Clippers, it changed the game when Bowman spent a billion dollars for the Clippers, which now it's looking like he got a steal on that. So my point is, is that you cannot constantly have these franchises going wealth and you don't start having owners that look at like man and you know for one we talked about it with the nfl and we talked about what has them had to do with deshaun watson you gotta have money to run you gotta have deep pockets to run these professional sports baseball nba and football you gotta have deep pockets to run French. It's not a just buy. It doesn't just stop with buying them and that's it. So day-to-day operations are getting astronomical for a lot of these owners. Okay. And so with that, you're going to see a lot of teams start looking to sell off to investment groups and flip these teams. 
like I said, Jerry Jones, you will never have to worry about that. That team is never leaving the Jones family. It could get worth 20, 30. It's not leaving. It will be in his will. That's the thing. And Jerry will come back and haunt him as a ghost if anybody tries to break that. That's not happening. You know, there's certainty. The Rooney fan, the Rooney, the, the Steelers are going to stay in the Rooney. There's certainty. The Steinbenders is never probably going to sell the Yankees no matter how much they work. But these other cats, whether they own a team for 15, 20 years, when they start looking at this and you get more hedge funds and more groups coming, you're gonna we're going to be talking more about how – how many teams, when every year we could be reporting on, man, this team's up for sale. This team's up for sale. The Denver Broncos right now, which whether, you know, I get pushed back on Facebook when I say this, you know, it pisses them off all the time. But the truth of the matter, that is one, of, that is a historic franchise in the NFL. No, it's not in the category of the Steelers, the, the Packers, uh, the Cowboys, but it's still, it, it's not, it's not the Bengals either. You know what I'm saying? It's 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 not Jacksonville either. But a Denver Bronco team has a sticker price of four billion dollars. A team that has not made the playoffs in six years is about to sell for a minimum of four billion dollars to the Walmart family. Which I have my fingers crossed that this is gonna get caught up some type of way. I mean, I I I got I wanna have young youth in there for owner. I mean the wall the Welcome to the Walmart at Vesco at Walmart. Like, no, man. We're going to have blue light specials, man. They're going to have two. They're going to go to Invesco, which is on my bucket list to go. It's probably going to happen this year. want to go to Denver game, and you have to. They're only going to have two concession stands open because that's what Walmart does. I, I don't want I don't want him. I want Bezos. I want the brother that basically, which I think really this, if, if the NFL is really in damage control where they are, the whole thing, they probably do need to – I think there is, all joking aside, I think there is some inside pressure of the Denver group and the Bowen family, the trustees of the look. You know, hey, you want to get this minority thing, it could help a lot. Hey, that's the thing. But when you have – back to the original point, when you have a team like Denver selling for $4 billion, the days of having a lot of these owners own these teams and go – and especially if the family gets it. Again, the, I, I'm batting a 1,000 on this because every time there's a family that inherits a certain team – Nine times out of ten, they don't want to run the team. It wasn't their passion. And they're just looking at this part. And they're talking to daddy and they're talking to, to mama like, hey, man, you know what? I know y'all are getting older. You understand how much these teams are going for? We could take this. No, we could get it. And that, I believe, is what's being kicked around with the Washington national team. I think if I'm not mistaken, he bought the team, if I'm not mistaken, like 11 years ago, maybe? 16. 16 years ago. 16 years ago. For 450. <sighs> Now Before, it's yeah. now it's two bill. Yeah, yeah. He trying to sell. He they, he cashing out for that because for one, he's looking at like how much we got to get Juan Soto. What is he talking about? Where are these contracts at? Then he's looking at ticket sell. Oh yeah, yeah. That's the reason why he's hired this held this this investment group, this hedge fund out of New York, or this group that's going to go ahead and kick the tires around. Heard it here first. So in twenty twenty three twenty four, when we start thinking like, damn man, there's two teams that sold. That's what's happening. That's what's going on. You can't continue to have this industry boom and pretty much nobody looks at these, you know, the bottom line, you know, of the of the, the the bottom line. It was just business and making a profit like, damn, that. So 450, he bought the Nationals for 450. According to NBC Sports, correct. And right now it's valued if it would sell would be two billion dollars, two billion. The New York Mets in 2020 sold for two point four billion. Come on, man, you know. Come on, that 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 this is and especially it has the effect of 
as higher the contracts and the day-to-day cost deal to operate these teams, the owners, all these, you know, you've got some billionaire owners that have a lot of their assets or a lot of their cash and liquidated actual cash. They got money. You got some other guys that have assets and their worth is a billion dollars, but they don't have access to go ahead and put $150 million in escrow for a quarterback. Like say a Deshaun Watson, that takes like you got to have money to be able to go ahead and do that. I mean, that is serious. That means no matter where you got going, no matter what kind of other investment, what other project you're working on, what are the cars you were looking at, what the wife wanted, that's going to have to change because we got to get his quarterback 150 million because we just it is just what it is. Cats out of the bag. We made mistakes, and that's what we you got to has them had to come up with that money. He might have been thinking about opening 20 more flying J's. Across expansion, but had to put that on hold because he had to make up for 15, 18 years of mistakes from Cleveland Browns at the quarterback position. With, That's what it cost. With gas prices right now, imagine how much each one of those guys, each one of those uh, gas stations could turn out in profit. Oh, with the flying jets. Oh, man. You don't. Know, well, I'll tell you this. Don't pay attention to the Forbes list come um, January of 2023 when they start listing bonuses from CEOs from Exxon and Shell and everybody. It's going to make you throw up. Well, we're we're talking about bonuses for CEOs for gas companies. It's going to range probably around a hundred, hundred fifty million dollars, maybe, in just bonuses. Okay, while a lot of us are just running, I'm like, man, give me eighteen on pump eight. Eighteen, that's a yeah. I'll be back after a while, but no, I usually like to fill mine up. AC is the one gets on my nerves about that. AC drives a utility a, a SUV. She drives a Benz SUV, and that thing to fill that. And what pissed me off, she will only put in like twenty dollars. And then the only time she's ready to go get gas is when she asks me to run an errand. Like, hey, you want to go with me to the store? Yeah. And I'm like, where are you pulling to? I'm trying to get back. Well, I got to get gas. Like, no, you only do that because you want me out pump the gas. Just for that, pump that gas. Pump the gas. Because this, you, you try to trick me on that. And then I look around. I'm like, how's that going to look if I really make her get to pump the gas? But I threaten sometimes. Pitch me out like, Because she got away with it two or three times. And I'm like, yo, you know what, man? This is a hustle. You're, anytime you ask me to go somewhere with you, you need to get gas. And you don't want to get your ass out to get it. Anyway, you know, what you got, John? Just before we leave this, uh, going into the second hour, this is now two Washington franchises that could be changing ownership. Because you have the Snyder family dealing with the NFL right now and they could end up you know being forced to, to forced on their way out. He's already having to give up control. This is the Nationals now up for sale. What what's is this is this almost a reaction the Nationals because of how that how that sports team ownership in Washington in, in the nation's capital could be changing hands with football? No, nah, I don't think it has nothing to do with that. I think it just has to do with the guy who had the passion the senior is 93 years old now, 94. He passed out. He passed away duties to his son years ago. When it comes to a point that it's, it's a grind day to day, man. It's a grind running a professional team. I mean, a lot of us would like to have those problems, you know, but it's not just all like, hey, man, I'm the owner. I mean, because, you know, Jerry makes it seem like, hey, man, this is the guy. The camera's going to be on me. I'm going to tell you how my team feel. Everybody sees the glitz of that. But the day-to-day of what really goes on, depending on what franchise you own or whatever, that's a grind. And most of these kids, they don't want no smoke, man. They don't want no smoke. I, I, like I said, you know, I love everything the whole family's done to the city of San Antonio. You know, what they've done for energy. But that's the day, from my opinion, on the outside looking in, the kid really didn't have the same passion as Peter Holt did to run his team for the last ever since Peter Holt has uh, taken a step back behind the scenes, you know. Um, anyway, 
All right, man, you listen to the Sports Grind. Today's show is being presented by HazelSkyOnline.com. Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark producing. We'll be back.